Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for joining us. It is October 1st, a date that state lawmakers, the governor, and state employees have been counting down to for months. It's the first day of the new fiscal year, which means the budget had to be done today to avert a partial government shutdown. And last night, Governor Whitmer signed all 16 budgets that the legislature had sent her. But she also used her line item veto power 147 times, representing almost a billion dollars in spending. So in the end, where do we wind up? Do we wind up with a budget that addresses the priorities that Michiganders have in their minds? Do we have a budget that reflects the governor's wishes uh, in terms of education and roads and all of the other things that she has been talking about? Or do GOP legislators come out on top? That's where we want to begin the conversation today. And joining us to talk about what is going on in Lansing this October 1st is Zach Gorchow. He is the editor of Gongwer News Service in Lansing. Zach, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah. So uh, let's start with this uh, very uh, prolific veto pen that uh, Governor Whitmer used. $375 million in one-time funding for roads is one of the things she vetoed. Talk about uh, what that means for roads and talk about what these vetoes mean for the budget overall. Well, as far as the roads money goes, this was additional one-time cash that the Republicans who control the legislature added to the budget. It's really what precipitated negotiations breaking down between the governor and uh, Republican legislative leaders. The governor was upset because she had agreed to what she thought, uh, an agreement to pause long-term uh, and all road funding discussions uh, until after the budget was done. Uh, then not much long after that agreement was made, uh, the Republican legislative leaders said, well, we want to put uh, $500 million in general fund on a one-time basis into the roads. Uh, the governor doesn't like the use of the general fund for roads, believes it should go toward traditional uh, general fund programming like higher education and basic state government services. And that uh, the loss of that money uh, really, in the end, won't change the amount of spending uh, year over year on roads. It, it would mean a slight reduction, very small, if nothing else happened. But I don't think anybody thinks that's going to be the case. So, so overall, what, where do we, where do we sort of land with with all of this? I mean, this idea of uh, line item vetoing 147 items in the budget, taking about a billion dollars in spending out. I can't remember that happening before, and uh, I, I'm sure you'll remind uh, if my memory is not uh, super sharp there. But uh, what does that mean for for us going forward uh, under under this new budget? Well, just quickly, you're right. Uh, we were talking about in the office, and uh, we have folks in our office who have covered the Capitol going back to the 70s, and none of us could remember anything like this in terms of total amount of money vetoed and number of line item vetoes. Where do things go from here? Well, a lot depends on what the details of these line item vetoes are. We don't know yet. I think we're going to find out in the next uh, 45 minutes exactly what the governor struck from the budget um, and what other plans she has to move money around on her own. 
Um, but until we know that, it's a little hard to say what the overall impact is. But clearly what the goal of the governor here is, is to restart and reset budget negotiations. Uh, the Republicans uh, decided to send her the budgets uh, without her input. They wrote them on their own. And the governor, I, I believe, felt like she had to send a strong message. No, I, you can't just, you know, the, there's an executive branch and a legislative branch. Um, you can't just ignore the governor. Uh, and so I'm going to wield my line item veto pen, and I'm going to use an obscure tactic like the state administrative board to move money around. Uh, and so the question is, how do will the Republicans respond? You know, I have had a few people say to me, you know, Republicans tend to prefer, uh, you know, are, are generally not afraid of cutting government. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's possible, we don't know, but they may say, hey, thanks for the cuts, Governor, we'll, we'll move on. Now, I, again, I, from what we understand, a lot of these vetoes were targeted at programs that Republicans have prioritized. So it may be that they decide, well, these are too important to us. We do need to start talking with the governor again. We'll mm -hmm. see. Uh, so you mentioned the state administrative board, uh, which is meeting this morning, and I know you're going to be running over there really soon. Explain for the listeners what that is and what opportunity the governor has to make budgetary changes through that rather than through the budget itself. So this is a, a board that consists of the governor herself, actually, the lieutenant governor, and other people who are allied with her, so she in effect has control of it. Its typical purpose is to approve uh, contracts of a certain value. Uh, and it's generally, its meetings are generally very pro forma and uneventful and not terribly newsworthy. Uh, however, uh, Governor Engler in 1991 uh, and his legal team discovered that the state administrative board, by law, has the authority to transfer money within a department from one program to another. Now, typically, tra such transfers would happen with the governor proposing them and both appropriations committees in the legislature approving them. However, um, Governor Engler was running into opposition with Democrats in the legislature at the time and innovated this idea of using the administrative board to move the money uh, essentially on his own. Uh, it hasn't been used since, uh, but Governor Whitmer has decided to dust off that tactic. We don't know yet exactly what she's going to do with it, but we know they're meeting at 9.30 a.m., and uh, all the expectations are is that she definitely has some moves in mind uh, as far as moving money around within departments. Mm. Uh, my guest is Zach Gorchow, editor of Gongwer News Service in Lansing. We're talking about the dawn of the next fiscal year here in the state of Michigan, which started this morning, October 1st, 2019. We're uh, talking about where we are with the budget. Uh, the governor did sign all 16 budgets that the legislature had sent her uh, last night, but she also used her veto pen in a really prolific manner. 147 times she said no to the things that uh, the Republican legislature had funded. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you think uh, about this budget. Tell us what you think about the governor's aggressive pushback against a GOP legislature that had stood in her way from the priorities uh, that she had set out really early in this process. Uh, also, tell us what you think about roads. Uh, they, the two sides agreed to take roads out of the budget equation in big picture terms. Uh, but in the end, uh, Whitmer also v 
vetoed $375 million in one-time funding for roads. What does that mean for us going forward? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, uh, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Zach, I want to go down some some uh, specific kind of uh, uh, department questions here. Uh, talk about the education budget and the corrections budget. Well, the K-12 budget is going to be really interesting. One of the few broad areas of detail we, we got last night from the governor was that she used her line item veto pen to, as she put it, veto legislative pork barrel spending. Uh, There have been a number of items in the K-12 budget in recent years, a million here, a half million there, two million here, that go towards specific companies to provide various products to schools. So an example would be there's a program called Algebra Nation, which is provided by a company called Study Edge, and it's an online algebra tool. Um, And I believe it's over the years had anywhere from one and a half to two million dollars in the budget. Uh, this has been derided as uh, a you know a sweetheart deal for a corporation um, that really doesn't have a, a lot of statewide value. And there's many other examples like that. Now, we don't know that she took those out. However, in her recommend, budget recommendation back in March, she defunded all of these things. So it seems logical to assume these th- items got the ax. So I think that's what folks are going to be watching for in K-12. Mm-hmm. The corrections budget, the uh, Whitmer administration was very unhappy with the legislature uh, trying to replace uh, general fund money, which is by far the main source of funding the Department of Corrections, with uh, what are called work project appropriations. I won't get into the weeds of what that is, but bottom line, the Whitmer administration says those are funds that don't actually exist and are not available and it's many, many millions of dollars. So there is concern that the legislature has basically tried to fund programs with money that doesn't exist. Uh, so that way they could use that general fund money for roads. This could be an area where we see the administrative board brought to bear, where mm-hmm. you know maybe some money is transferred around. Uh, line items are also possible. Um, you know, One of the advantages the governor has at the Department of Corrections is under the Michigan Constitution's uh, public safety language, the governor could veto the money, yet still uh, appropriate funds to make sure everything stays up and running, because obviously the operations of Michigan's prisons are a matter of critical public safety. Hmm. Um, Also, uh, I want to talk about the sort of broader context here. This is the first time that this Democratic governor has had to negotiate with a Republican legislature over the budget. Um, they didn't get along terribly well. They didn't talk to each other most of the summer because Republicans decided to, to, to essentially go into recess and not come back until very late in the process. Uh, cast that forward for us. What What have we learned about Governor Whitmer's style and perhaps the power she might wield uh, from her office? And what have we learned about how Republican legislators plan to deal with the fact that they don't have control of the entire government anymore? Well, I think we've learned that Governor Whitmer clearly has a point where she says enough is enough. I mean, she spent a lot of the first part of the year reaching out to the legislature uh, trying to build uh, relationships there, but it wasn't working as far as getting, you know, they were very clear they did not support her 45 cent per gallon fuel tax increase. 
and it just wasn't going anywhere. Uh, they ended up, as we discussed, sending, you know, waiting during the summer, not sending her a budget, and then they sent her a budget in September a few days before the deadline without her input. And I think, you know, after a few instances like auto no fault, um, as well as agreeing to do a budget without a road funding fix, um, where the governor you know, acceded to their wishes, she finally, I think, decided enough is enough. I'm going to use the powers of the executive office now. So I think that's what we've learned there. And she's employing them in a way that you could say no governor ever has. I mean, this is an amazing amount of line item vetoes. Whether it will work or not remains to be seen. As far as the Republican response, we'll just have to see. Uh, a lot's going to depend on the specific items vetoed. Um, you know, there's nothing to stop the governor and the Republicans in the legislature from quickly getting back together and starting work on a supplemental appropriations bill. We just don't know where, you know, what the Republicans play is going to be. They could decide to uh, do nothing and just sort of let the governor sort of sit with the vetoes for a while and, and make her sweat. Uh, that they're not going to do anything. They could decide, wow, this is bad. We got to get these programs back up and running. Let's work with the governor. Um, you know, the initial comments from Speaker Chatfield, the Republican from Northern Michigan last night, did not seem to suggest they were going to rush back. Uh, you know, he mentioned things like the governor's shutdown threats were shown to be empty words because the governor did sign all the bills, um, you know, to keep the government open. It wasn't, I didn't see anyone reaching out any olive branches last night. And I think it's going to be a few days before that's possible. I think you're going to see a lot of um, uh, firm positions drawn up here in the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Okay, Zach, I know you have to run over to the state administrative board meeting, but uh, I'm really glad you joined us here on Detroit Today. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Stephen. All right. Uh, up next, we are going to talk about so-called cancel culture and what comedian Dave Chappelle's new controversial stand-up special says about the state of outrage in America. Have you seen Chappelle's special? What did you think of it? Stay with us on Detroit Today and tell us next.